This is Dialogue Gospel Sunday Study. Great. Okay, we'll get started. Good morning or afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Dialogue Sunday School. Um, Sunday School Study today, July 25th, 2021, with uh, Joshua Molina. Uh, as a reminder, we meet on the second and fourth Sundays. We record the sessions and post them. Uh, you can find prior sessions through our website, uh, dialoguejournal.com, um, or by searching on YouTube. Uh, my name is Dalen Amesimaku, and I will be conducting on behalf of the Dialogue Foundation Board. Um, other board members on the, on the webinar today are uh, Chris Kimball, Michael Austin, and Rebecca Deschweinitz. Um, we're using our webinar format on Zoom and running a live stream on Facebook. <clears throat> and as mentioned, we are recording this program. Um, for viewers on Zoom, there is a chat function by which you can comment, ask questions, or propose answers. We're also following comments on Facebook um, and introducing questions from Facebook when appropriate. Um, we'd also like to remind everyone of our current uh, campaign. Uh, we're moving dialogue into the future and are asking for your help in that endeavor. Um, you can find out more uh, about sustaining dialogue at givetodialogue.com. Um, we're honored today to have Joshua Molina as our instructor. His lesson is titled, Unto Whom Much Is Given, Much Is Required. Uh, Josh studied broadcast journalism at BYU and currently works um, um, as a marketing executive for a, a Silicon Valley startup. He's also a speaker on topics of diversity and multicultural marketing. Uh, he previously hosted the Colectivo podcast where he and his colleagues uh, discussed the intersection of race and culture in communications. Josh served as a Spanish, um, served, excuse me, served a Spanish speaking mission in Idaho and is currently a member of the Stakes High Council. He was born in Ecuador and grew up in New Jersey and now lives in Phoenix with his wife and three daughters. Um, as is always the case, the views expressed today are those of uh, the individual participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the Dialogue Foundation, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or any other organization. Okay, um, our opening prayer today will be offered um, graciously, uh, graciously by Tasha De uh, Diaz. Uh, Tasha is a part-time therapist who focuses on sexual concerns and is a full-time mom of one. She loves painting, gardening, cooking, and exercise. Uh, after Tasha, we'll hear a musical performance by Maria Molina Martinez called Peace in Christ. Um, uh, by way of introduction, Maria is a native of Ecuador. She grew up in New Jersey and has recently made Phoenix, uh, Arizona, her new home. She received her bachelor's degree in psychology from BYU, master's in neuroscience and education from Columbia University. She's a, um, sorry, she's a multicultural educator and leader in the area of diversity, equity, and inclusion, as well as a life co uh, coach for youth. Maria enjoys singing, playing the piano and guitar, most of all songwriting. Her faith is an important part of her identity as she, um, excuse me, she is delighted to share this song and message with you today. So after the prayer and music, we will turn the rest of our time to Josh for his lesson. If we know him as he is, 
there's peace in Christ. He gives us hope when hope is gone. He gives us strength when we can't go on. He gives us shelter in the storms of life when there's no peace on there is peace in Christ. There is peace in Christ when we walk with Him through the streets of Galilee to Jerusalem. Men the broken Draw the tear-filled eyes When we live the way He lived There's peace in Christ He gives us hope When hope is gone He gives us strength When we can't go on He gives us shelter In the storms of life God, we're grateful for this morning and for this opportunity we have to come together to learn and grow together and to learn in our personal lives as well and ask that as we listen to Joshua that we'd be able to hear what we need for our own lives and be able to find things that comfort us and give us guidance in times that are often difficult or confusing or frustrating and we ask that we'd be able to hear thee in these moments especially and find peace in our moments in our lives and we say these things in the name of jesus christ amen amen thank you so much um truly humble to be here i was watching some of the the past uh speakers and, and teachers and really saw some of the the pedigrees of some of the people who are invited so i'm truly humbled to be included um, uh, among that group. 
I uh, always love preparing lessons because as you know, the person that prepares learns, learns so much. Uh, these are three very short sections of, of the Doctrine and Covenants, so I don't expect to take a lot of time, but there, there's so much packed in, uh, in these, these short sections. I really want to get right into it, and then uh, I'll share a little bit about me throughout. Um, uh, there will be some spots where I'll ask some questions as well. I'll share a little bit about me uh, as I wait for some, some feedback uh, on the chat or uh, from some of our speakers or some of our participants. So, um, so today we're, we're reviewing sections 81 through 83 of the Doctrine and Covenants. There's, like I mentioned, a lot really packed into this, some, some rich uh, learnings. Uh, we start off uh, in section 81, hearing about uh, Jesse Grouse. So Jesse Grouse was uh, a counselor to, to the president, to, to Joseph Smith, to the prophet. And it, he had an interesting uh, life. Uh, started off as a Quaker, uh, eventually became a missionary uh, for the church. Um, it was called uh, to help the prophet. And then uh, eventually as uh, one of his counselors uh, into the high priesthood, uh, but Jesse uh, was eventually excommunicated and was removed from uh, not only from a lot of the church um, uh, documents, but uh, was removed from this section of the Doctrine of Covenant. So again, this was originally for Jesse. Uh, eventually, Frederick G. Williams was called to take his place and the, um, his name was, was put into it in the, in the blessing and the revelation given to, to, to Brother William. So uh, I always think this is an interesting uh, uh, dynamic to think about. Uh, the Doctrine and Covenants is full of, of mentions of specific people. These are revelations given through the prophet to specific people. People are called out for good things, for, for not so good things. So all their business is, is out there. Uh, you know, if you really look back at the scriptures, that's the scriptures are chock full of examples of this might not feel as personal because they weren't contemporaries of us, but, you know, the Doctrine and Covenants feel very personal just because uh, these people were alive in, within just a few generations of us. Um, so just a little background on that revelation. Um, we read in this section of Doctrine and Covenants how um, the Lord uh, gives the keys of the kingdom to the presidency of the high priest, which we now know as the first presidency, uh, and then gives them specific uh, callings, specific responsibilities. So I'll read here uh, on, uh, in section 81, uh, verse three, therefore verily I acknowledge him and will bless him and also thee inasmuch as thou art faithful in counsel in the office which I have pointed unto you in prayer always vocally and in thy heart in public and private and also in thy ministry Proclaiming the gospel and land and living among the brethren. Um, and these next two verses, you know, especially verse five, uh, we hear a lot and uh, really focus on this. In, do, in, in, in doing these things, thou wilt do the greatest good unto thy fellow beings and will promote the glory of him who is your Lord. Wherefore, be faithful, stand in the office which I have pointed unto you, succor the weak. Lift up the hands which hang down and strengthen the feeble knees. So these three points are the points I want to focus on. 
right now. So um, I want to uh, bring this question out to to the group um, again. You know, think about a time that maybe you or somebody you know has uh, helped somebody who's weak, succor those that are weak. Um, uh, maybe it's how we've lifted figuratively or literally uh, hang, hands that hang down, how we lift those up, or uh, how uh, we've helped those people with feeble knees, how we can strengthen those feeble knees. So I'll start off giving some examples, but I'd love to, to hear some examples from, from people in the chat as well. So uh, again, I, I said I'd come back and say a little more about me. So all the experiences that I'll share uh, are very uh, local to, uh, to my experience. So I live in, in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, as was previously mentioned, um, we, uh, I go to a Spanish-speaking ward. Um, we have a very large immigrant population in this area. Um, we've, you know, uh, I remember just, just a, a brief example, uh, when the Disney movie Coco came out, uh, we had a movie theater about a block away and they, they were playing it in Spanish. I had a completely, you know, Latino, uh, uh, audience where we watched it and we're, we're just a huge, uh, Hispanic population here in Phoenix. Um, so again, what I'm, uh, uh, sharing today will be very much based on that. So the first example is, um, uh, how do we suffer the week? So I remember uh, uh, a few, a couple of years back, um, I went to uh, my state president and uh, shared with him some of the things that were going on in uh, in this area. Where, if you remember, um, uh, we had a, a large influx of, uh, of people uh, seeking uh, refuge at the border, uh, and uh, uh, what the um, Border Patrol or ICE will do is uh, take a bus full of, of people um, seeking uh, legal refuge in, in this country and would drop them off either at a Greyhound station or at a, a group of churches uh, in, in the Phoenix area. And I asked, hey, we, we should be involved in this. We should um, uh, open up our church to, uh, to this opportunity. At that time, you know, the policy didn't allow us to do that. So I, I volunteered with uh, the International Rescue Committee. Uh, you know, we had opportunities where, you know, they, they'd bring um, some of these refugees and we'd help process and uh, bring uh, food and, and clothes and help the children play with them a little bit, get them on their way to where they need to go. Um, fast forward uh, a year or so, and um, within the church, Unofficially, we created an immigrant welcome center um, in one of the, the, the buildings um, that one of our members uh, owned or rented. Uh, and we had English classes, we had legal help and things like that. And then just a, a few months ago, we brought that to uh, our state, our, our, one, of our, one of the buildings in our state. So our, one of uh, our state runs uh, an immigrant welcome center and also a Somali welcome center for uh, a lot of our Somali refugees. And to me, uh, the work that those, those sisters and brothers are doing uh, to help bring new, uh, new Americans and new uh, you know, people seeking refuge in our country is uh, the, the definition of this, helping the weak, helping, helping suffer those. Uh, so again, that's one example there. 
uh, please uh, share your own, your own examples as well. The second one is lifting up uh, uh, the hands that, that hang down. Um, the example that I can think of this is uh, a, uh, a little while back, a friend of mine introduced me to a group called No More Deaths. So what the group does is that it, um, it finds spots within, uh, uh, between the, the Arizona and Mexico border where a lot of our, our brothers and sisters are, are, are trying to uh, uh, find their way to the, to the U.S., whether, you know, uh, however you lean politically and however you feel about whether they should be here, they shouldn't be here. Um, these are, are humans that uh, are, are doing a very dangerous crossing that what we do is we, we drop water for them. You know, we help them on, on, on their journey. You know, the rest of it is really out of our hands. You know, we, there, there has been some, um, you know, some, some arrests from people that have done it and they've, uh, in the end, have been found, you know, uh, innocent because, you know, what we're really doing is a very humanitarian uh, effort. But um, to me, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to go with them and, and drop some water and, and um, you know, that is, is very much a literal example of, of helping those who, who hang down, you know, this has been a very hot summer. We're hoping that uh, um, some of that water can continue to, to help some of those people. And then feeble knees. Um, uh, I had an example about, um, uh, so there's uh, somebody in our ward, uh, I'll give the full story. So we had a, a young man who showed up uh, when I was young man's president a few years back. And uh, um, it was just the sharpest young man, uh, came, came to us with the cleanest haircut, just this like, just really sharp uh, uh, kid who um, came by himself and eventually, you know, was just full of so many questions, got baptized. I had the opportunity to baptize him. And uh, just recently, about a year ago, uh, went on his mission. So he's, uh, he's in Utah. So if anybody there ever, ever come across Elder Quintero, um, he's a, a great, great kid. I know he's going to be a great missionary. So um, came from a, a single mom uh, who has some health issues. So um, we uh, recently in the elders quorum uh, were asked to help her um, uh, with uh, remodeling her bathroom. So, um, you know, she, in, in the mobile home that she lives, uh, the bathroom just was not up to par. We had brothers who have really uh, great skills come out. Um, again, uh, the sister uh, has, you know, has trouble walking, has trouble uh, oftentimes getting to church. So we, we really tried to retrofit this, this shower to make it, uh, make it comfortable for her. Um, so her feeble knees, the other feeble knees that I'm, you know, uh, example that really um, really touched me is one of the brethren who uh, helped uh, remodel this bathroom. He uh, recently had his feet amputated. So he's there, you know, with his prosthetic feet, you know, digging down and really, you know, helping this sister with feeble knees. You know, it just, the weak helping the weak, the, the, the strong helping the strong, it just, you know, it really touched my heart um, uh, to, to watch, uh, example of of this first uh coming into to action so um do we have any anybody shared anything that they want to want to share on this 
I, I didn't have an exact example, but my um my first thought, at least when I think of feeble knees, is to describe someone as having feeble knees. They have to they're 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 putting in some kind of effort. You know, I think of you know oftentimes um we I don't know we we find it hard maybe to to serve or hard to um, I guess yeah to serve without judgment um, and. Um, and so when I think of feeble needs, I think of, of that, that anyone we are, any, any person we come across is very likely going through, through their own life, through their own things, through their own um, hardships. And in whatever aspect, they're, they're, they're likely trying their hardest, trying their best. Um, um, and so I think that we, we always have an opportunity to, to, to be a stronghold for for people, um, for those with feeble needs. Again, someone that we're describing, to be described as feeble, you have to be doing something. And so um, oftentimes we, 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 um, we, we're likely to come across people who are, who are um, doing their best and just need that extra support, extra, extra help. And we're often those that can share that, yeah. Thank you, yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's really what it, what it comes down to. I'm sorry, Chris, did you have a comment? No, no, I go. But I, I do, I do, but you go ahead. You go first, I'll, I'll, I'll just hold my... I, 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 I had some of the same thought that the, um, almost by definition, the weak, the feeble, the hands which hang down are um, outsiders, minorities. They're, um, they're, they're not us, if you will. It's almost, almost definitional. Um, but my example, my experience that maybe plays into that is, is a, an occasion when I was with a, with a friend commuting on bicycle and we came across a man, probably a homeless man who had collapsed by the side of the road. He was just, he was out and there was nobody around. And uh, I sat with him while my friend went to get help uh, that I mean, that's all I did was sit with him. But um, a year later, that friend who happened to be Catholic, uh, that's not particularly relevant, except he was not Mormon, um, related to me that, that, that just sitting with him said to him um, that I was Christian, that I was practicing those virtues. Um, and all I did was sit with the man. But it, it suggests, it also reminds me that it's not, a, even though this Doctrine and Covenants section seems to be a calling and office, makes me think about Relief Society presidents and bishops and people with a sort of assignment. Um, in the real world, it's all of us. I mean, it was me sitting with a man no connection, no relationship, no calling, um, a man in need. I love that. I love that. It, it's funny when I went up last week, I, uh, I gave a talk uh, in, in my, uh, my ward uh, about the Good Samaritan. And, uh, uh, you know, this is exactly the, uh, you know, the, an example. Um, I actually shared, um, if, if you guys have ever read uh, Malcolm Clevel's, the, the typical book, he shares a, um, uh, a story or a, um, um, a study that uh, uh, 
print, uh, some professors in Princeton did years back about the Good Samaritan and about how, um, how uh, this group of seminarians uh, were, uh, were tested in a way. They were given, um, uh, uh, broken up into two groups. One was uh, given the task to uh, go from the building that they were starting at to another building uh, and um, said that, hey, you are, uh, you're late, you gotta get there right away. Uh, even though they had just um, read or, or prepared a, a talk about the Good Samaritan, if they were told that they were late, they would just, so they, they put somebody in their, in their path that was you know, downtrodden, that was like uh, beat up or whatever. And almost, uh, I think it was 10% uh, of the people that were late stopped to help and the other 90% did. And then uh, the people that were uh, given time to help somebody um, that, uh, or given, said that they weren't late, that they had a few, few minutes between there and uh, where they started in the presentation, uh, I think it was like 60% actually stopped to help this person. So it's just an interesting uh, connection there. Uh, sometimes it's not so much how uh, how we feel inside or really really what's on our mind, but it's how much time we have to help people. And uh, uh, I think you know when we, we think about ways to uh, to help the weak, to help the uh, the downtrodden, uh, we we need to make time for this. This is something that we don't just uh, you know if we don't if we're not proactive about it, it you know there are opportunities that come in front of us. But unless we make time and, and make the opportunities to, to help people, most of the times it's not going to happen. So I just thought that was an interesting study. Um, uh, definitely uh, look it up if you ever get a chance, uh, Princeton study. But um, the, the other example I was going to give on the feeble knees, uh, this, this is something that it, it just really touches me. Um, for me, getting on your knees, uh, it means so much. So I remember on my mission, um, you know, we got all the missionaries together, our mission president would always get us on our knees and, and, and make sure we prayed that way. On our high council meetings, you know, when we have um, uh, a lot of times when we end the meeting, we'll, we'll get on our knees. You know, some of these older gentlemen really struggling to get on their knees, but, you know, it means so much to them. Um, you know, there's, there's a saying uh, about, you know, if you can't stand, kneel. Uh, so for me, uh, uh, kneeling is, is, is something sacred. So, you know, um, just recently we're thinking about people kneeling during the national anthem or kneeling uh, uh, to uh, um, really uh, help uh, drive awareness of, of, you know, what's going on, uh, violence against uh, our uh, uh, black brothers and sisters in this country. For me, that's something sacred and, and it's, it, 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 you know, I, I don't see how people can see anything negative on that. But, you know, again, this, you know, my personal opinion, I, I just, uh, a few months ago, my wife and I had the opportunity to, uh, to march in, in our Black Lives Matter uh, uh, demonstration here in Phoenix, where, you know, we had a chance to, uh, to kneel, you know, to really uh, symbolically help those with feeble knees around us, you know, really as an ally. So I just think those are, uh, great symbols and great opportunities to, to, to help those around us. Um, any other comments on anything around uh, this section before we move on to the next one? So I'm noticing that um, 
both knowing some of our attendees and knowing that they're also involved with um, issues, go things going on at the border and with refugee projects and somebody sharing an experience about um, being fortunate to help with buses that came to Albuquerque with asylum seekers. Um, and I'm thinking about, uh, you know, your experiences and others who are involved in similar types of um, outreach to asylum seekers and refugees and um, trying to address issues of race, equity, and belonging in other ways as well. Um, and thinking about uh, kind of your introduction to this section and that it's, um, takes meaning in some ways because these are individuals and personal and they're not so far removed from us in time. And the, and the scriptures include kind of abstract principles like sucker the weak, lift up the, the hands that hang down, but then it really gets meaning in these very specific examples. And I'm struck by um, kind of the, the proliferation of opportunities that coalesce around similar themes in our time. And that, um, you know, as, as a people, we're called on to pay attention to what's happening in our particular moment uh, and to, um, you know, bringing our, our Christian sensibility, our, our connection with Christ and um, recognition that, um, these are all of God's children, uh, you know, in really specific ways that matter in our society today. So I, th I think we've got some other comments too, but this is what I'm kind of thinking about. Oh, I love that. I mean, I, I think that's, that's the difference between reading the scriptures and really living the scriptures. Uh, you know, and, and in section 82, I'm going to talk a lot more about this, but you know, I, I know a lot of really good people um, who, who I feel like read the scriptures a lot and understand this on the individual level, but, you know, really misinterpret or really uh, misunderstand it on a larger level. When we think about groups of people, especially those that are most in need, like, you know, um, you mentioned, you know, um, uh, movements like Black Lives Matter or like uh, you know, uh, asylum seekers just recently, uh, but just really understanding the scriptures, these verses, other verses, and how, what we can do now, and not just, you know, uh, um, something that happened years ago that, uh, or, or so, like somebody mentioned uh, in, in the comments, you know, without being assigned to help people, really being proactively uh, in helping people. Sorry, did you have, did you want to read some of those comments, Rebecca? Or day later, okay. Uh, uh, I'll I'll go ahead and move on. Um, um, yeah, I I would. I mean, one is do we invite ourselves to look out for others without being assigned, rather than accepting a call. Other than accepting a call that we have from the Savior to be like Him. Uh, that's the call from the Savior to be like Him, is the line. Uh, that's. Uh, in, the, in comments about discipleship, that this is a dimension of discipleship that we're talking about. Um, I also like, and I wanted to, you know, if you've got a minute, I'd like to bring forward here a comment about um, <laughs> that starts with knee replacements and people who find it hard now in real life to kneel to, um, 
your comment as well, Josh, about kneeling, it's a powerful symbol and it's a powerful action that is a, a, a uh, what, a lowering. And a lot of this helping, lifting, the caring for others that we're talking about has an aspect of not of doing it from a position of power, but a, that that requires lowering oneself to um, to the level of the person who needs help. And I I think that's more than just symbolic. I think it's powerful. Thank you so much. That's really great. Uh, really great discussion on this. Uh, Tasha, I think you had a comment. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking to myself slightly. Well, to back up, like my world in the last year and a half, massively shrunk, like just shrunk. <laughs> I think everybody felt that to an extent, but our my daughter has a genetic disorder and uh, it's very rare. And we there wasn't any information about how pandemic would affect her health if she ever got it and so we we shrunk we bunkered we bunkered extremely hard and um and a lot of these things that joshua mentioned are things that i would have loved to be a part of <laughs> and i remember watching black lives matter protests and wanting to go into them wanting to be a part of that and knowing for her sake i couldn't um and it just wasn't it wasn't my time and I, I couldn't do it. And, um, and I keep thinking that for me right now, all of my feeble me moments, my moments where I'm helping others in their weaknesses are also small. They're just these little individual moments of someone needing my help with something. It, it, I jokingly mentioned about gardening, <laughs> but I, I do have an obsession with gardening and that was my, my happy spot during COVID. And I'd get a couple of friends who work their way out of the weasel, like woodwork um, that I haven't talked to in years that wanted advice on gardening. And I know it was really tiny, um, and, which is why I'm bringing out the tiniest one I've done, but to connect with them and to see their world and to share something joyful in a time that was exhausting and anxiety provoking and depressing and existentially crisising, <laughs> you know, it, it gave joy to both of us. And I think of all those little tiny connections we make every day and how important it is to keep those little tiny connections going that remind us that there's joy and that there's goodness and that people can be good again. Um, that to me is extremely potent, particularly in a time where a lot of that's hard to see. Thank you so much. I, I love that. I mean, honestly, uh, what we needed the most this last year was love. I mean, out of everything that happened um, from, you know, uh, just pure selfishness to, to, to hate, to violence, uh, the, the, the one thing that, that lacked was really outreach and love and especially, you know, um, you know, the country being being hunkered down and not really having an opportunity to, to, to reach out to people, you know, to really reach out, whether it's virtually, whether it's physically, I think that, um, you know, that love is, is so important. Um, and it actually ties very much into this, this next section, uh, section 82, 
um, uh, you know, I really see where um, we are as a country where we've been um, uh, to this section. Uh, and, and I'll explain, I'll explain in a minute. Um, the section begins talking about uh, repentance, about forgiveness, um, really calling, uh, calling us out to repentance and really promising forgiveness. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and start reading some of these and then uh, we'll get into some, some of the commentary. So uh, section 82, verse one, verily, verily, I say unto you, my servants, then as much as you have forgiven one another your trespasses, even so the Lord forgive, uh, I the Lord forgive you. Nevertheless, there are those among you who have sinned exceedingly, yea, even all of you have sinned. But verily I say unto you, beware from henceforth and refrain from sin, lest sore judgments fall upon your heads. And this is the verse that um, I really wanted to focus on uh, as, as the theme of this lesson. For of him unto whom much is given, much is required. And he who sins against the greater light shall receive the greater condemnation. So what does this mean? What does it mean to have the greater light? Uh, uh, feel free to, to share some, some comments in the chat as well, but what does it mean to, to have a greater light? We know as members of the church, uh, 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 greater light uh, 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 obviously is uh, often um, uh, in parallel with understanding the gospel, receiving baptism, receiving the Holy Ghost, receiving uh, temple blessings, uh, receiving the priesthood, uh, different pieces like that, unto, unto whom much is given. Uh, whereas light, uh, uh, we all can also see this as means. So unto whom much is given physically, much should be uh, uh, also uh, dispersed from that person. Um, I, uh, and the reason I bring this up in, in this context that we're talking about is uh, I've been very saddened over the last uh, uh, few years or few months to see people with that light um, do such heinous things with them. Um, I, uh, uh, you know, I really go back to, to some things that, that happened recently. And, um, uh, and again, I don't want to get too political, but uh, we know uh, things like uh, uh, the storming of the Capitol, uh, you know, the, uh, how our democracy was uh, for uh, a little bit in um, under siege. Um, we know how uh, uh, there's a lot of, of members of the church that were involved in that, which uh, really is disheartening, which I, again, as I read this, I just, it, it connects me so much to that. Um, I was just reading up on some, some, some of the things that happened recently that I, I was remembering that um, uh, really fall into this. Um, Mike, uh, Mike Lee, Senator Mike Lee from, from Utah came to Arizona uh, a few months back, compared uh, the president at the time to Captain Moroni. Um, uh, then we find out that one of the, the guys here from Arizona, from Cottonwood, uh, went and stormed the Capitol with the Captain Moroni, dressed up as Captain Moroni, um, is now you know, under federal investigation. Um, uh, you know, it, to me, it just seems uh, like this section is being lived, uh, you know, as we speak in, in real time. 
Uh, I'll keep reading some more and you guys can see if there's any connections. You see that, but I, I see this a lot. Um, ye call upon my name for revelations. I give them unto you. And as much as ye keep not my sayings, which I give unto you, you become transgressors. And justice and judgment are the penalty which is affixed unto my law. Therefore, what I say unto one, I say unto all. Watch for the adversary spread of his dominions and darkness reign. This is it's just so clear to me. Um, uh, a lot of the hate that is is going on, and how a lot of the people uh, within our church are, are are participants in this, and how um, the adversary has just spread throughout uh, throughout those uh, uh, those congregations and those those people, uh, and how darkness. I mean the misinformation and just the, the lack of, of understanding of, of science of, of you know of important uh, you know facts uh, it just it's so it, it's so clear looking at it from the outside as uh, as I read this and then you know the Lord is clear the anger of God kindleth against the inhabitants of the earth and none doeth good for all have gone out of the way and now verily I say unto you I the Lord will not lay any sin to your charge. So again, this is after, after saying, you know, what's going on, he invites us to repent. And, and we have the, the opportunity to repent. And he says, um, I will not lay any sin to your charge. Go your ways and sin no more. But unto the soul who sinned shall the former sins return, saith the Lord your God. Um, so yeah, anyways, a lot packed into there. Um, it, it, opening if anybody has any comments on any of that uh to me it just it it's it's so interesting to read a section and then just see how it's it's lived at least in my opinion uh you know on in the world stage or or, uh, or in our country over the last uh few months or a few years um any comments anybody want to want to chime in on any of this yeah, I'm really struck in thinking about that, Josh, that, um, you know, as I'm looking around and seeing those who are, um, you know, fighting race, equity, and belonging, this kind of war on um, critical race theory <laughs> happening, um, this idea of unto the soul who sins, who continue, who continues in this sin of racism, right, which has been called out by um, President Nelson and other church leaders, the former sins return that, that really this is, you know, that there's a, there's this idea. They think that they're so different, right. That they're the ones who are, um, uh, you know, fighting racism, but, but really we just see the continuation and this, and the sin returning. Um, anyway, that's what I feel like I'm confronted with on all sides and, um, has been really frustrating. And I'm all, I was also struck by you highlighting the kind of nevertheless asp, uh, kind of part little phrase in this, in these scriptures. Um, and we're used to thinking about, you know, nevertheless, she persisted and that kind of, um, you know, circulating in our uh, American culture today, uh, and I'm thinking about it kind of in this other other way now, nevertheless, uh, kind of the the anger of God on the sins that are 
um, that are coming even from those who think they have the greater light and who do have the greater light, who, who know better or who could know better um, and kind of what that means for us. That's, that's huge. I mean, I think that's, that's it. I mean, it, it, what attracts me to the gospel, what keeps me as a member of the church, what, you know, what, what really, you know, uplifts me is, is the teachings of Christ and, and his, his, his empathy is, is his love, his mercy. And, you know, we have that light. We, you know, we as, as members of the church, or as Christians, as, you know, as those that, that, that join us uh, in, in, in these, uh, these lessons, these, these teachings, we have that light. And there's so many people with that light that have turned it off, that have, you know, in, 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 a, in a certain setting have, um, you know, have the love, but when it comes to other settings, it just, it turns off, you know, that, um, you know, the, the hate that we, we see online, the hate that we see on, uh, um, in, you know, in, on, on TV, you know, looking at the way people are yelling at these protests and counter protests and looking at, you know, um, uh, news stories from the 60s and, you know, protesting in the days of, of early civil rights movement. I mean, just going back to when you mentioned, you know, the old sins are returning. I mean, this is, uh, you know, it, it almost feels like it hasn't changed or that taking one step back, one step forward, two steps back sometimes. It's, uh, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of progress that's been made, but there's a lot of people who have received a greater light who have chosen to, to forsake it, uh, at least in my opinion. But um, uh, yeah. I, had a, I had a thought that might sound uh, controversial or, or backwards. That is thinking about who is, um, who is the, um, the, the people to whom much has been given. Uh, the, the natural inclination, and I think what we're encouraged to do is to make that ourselves. It's, it's common, and, and I certainly jump to thinking that I am one to whom much has been given. Uh, um, but in, in context here, is Joseph Smith speaking, and when you look at the names down in verse 11, for example, it's, it very likely is Joseph Smith talking to what today would be the bishops and stake presidents and saying, you to whom have much has been given in authority and power in a church context, in, a, in an organizational context, um, you to whom much has been given, you stake presidents and bishops, um, you now need to um, use that power, use that uh, in, for the good, for the good of the people, for the good of the members. And I, I suppose that could sound elitist, but then, then you turn it around and say, we're all in those positions at some time or another. And uh, this, is, um, this is to say, it's, it's both about me as an individual in my private wealth and privilege in this world, but it's also me as a, 
as a leader, as someone called, as someone with an, an institutional position, to use that position for good. And I, I play in both worlds, I suppose. I love that. I love that. You know, um, if you really think about it as you read the rest of these verses and the, the next section as well, we, we talk about temporal needs and we talk about who much is given whether it be, you know, our, our own privilege or our own means, uh, much is required. Uh, but like you mentioned also, you know, as, as leaders, um, how we need to look out for those, uh, those in need. Um, this goes into, uh, the rest of the section goes into the United Order, which we know was um, the early church's attempt to live the law of consecration, um, where they, everything was equal, um, nobody had any debts, but nobody had really, um, uh, everybody had the same, uh, in essence, in theory anyway, but, um, uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting, again, looking back at the way that, that we thought then, the way that we think now, and the way, you know, our politics and other things have, have shaped since then, uh, how are we looking out for those people, uh, that are in most need? You know, some people say it's like, oh, let the church look out for its people and let, you know, the government stay out of it or let, you know, people have their choice. You know, we have a, a gospel of prosperity that we really live now that if you are doing well, it means, you you know, you're living the gospel where we know there's a lot of people that, that are in need. And we know that really the people that are being judged by the Lord, whether as to those people get what they need, is not necessarily those people, it's us. You know, those people of privilege, those people of uh, uh, that who much has been given, are we giving? Are we, are, we, are we voting for the things to help those people? Are we making the decisions in our, in our councils that, that help those people? I think in the end, I think what the Lord is saying that we will be judged for the decisions that we make that help those that are weakest among us. Um, you know, one day we'll, uh, you know, we'll live the, the, the order again, we'll live the consecration again, but until then, it's not like it's been disbanded. It's not, the law of consecration still stands. I mean, it, 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 it never went away. We, we, we learned that in the temple, learned in other places, like this, this is a law. We don't live it like they did in the United Order, but we're still required to look out for those people. I mean, we're, and it, it should go without saying, but He's very clear in these verses that, you know, the, the, those that, that need us are the ones that we should be looking out for. Um, if we, again, uh, move to section 83, he's very clear. Women and children, you know, I, you know, I look, again, my focus, uh, my perspective is very much, you know, Arizona and border. Um, but, you know, looking at the women and children on the border, looking at the children in cages, looking at, you know, these uh, the least among us, what are we doing to help them? What are we, you know, what decisions are we making? What, um, uh, you know, how uh, are, are we as a people um, uh, treating these people, uh, the least among us? I think that's what we'll be judged on. I think this is a huge uh, issue for the Lord. Uh, otherwise he wouldn't um, uh, make whole sections that talk this is six verses of section 83 uh, that only talks about women and children, talks about the widows, 
talks about the storehouse, talks about how we can help them. So um, I, 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 uh, I love the Lord's focus on these people. Uh, and I feel like as a society, as a, as a, as a church body, as, uh, as people, we've, we've forgotten that we've gotten so comfortable in our own uh, wealth and our own comfort that we've sometimes forgotten those, those people that are, that are around us. You know, this pandemic has created such a wealth disparity. I and mean, we've seen some of the richest people get so much more richer. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I've been very blessed. I've done well in this, in this pandemic. You know, I know people that have not done as well. Um, and we know there's so many people that are, are struggling, that are, that are dying, that are just, you know, this is, this is the time we need to reach out. This is the time that we need to live uh, pure religion as, you know, as the Savior has taught us. So, um, again, I've said a lot. Uh, any, any comments, any, anything that anybody wants to, to chime in on this? Um, I just wanted to tag back a little bit to what you, um, you know, we we're talking about, um, you know, what does it mean to have greater lights and how some of us may switch it off or dim it down sometimes depending on, you know, whatever life circumstances we, <laughs> we encounter. But to go back to a comment here and tie that in, um, when we were talking about feeble needs earlier, um, someone says, we all have feeble needs in some respect by helping each other, we discover this. And I think that's where we fail um, and where we lose the opportunity to gain greater light. Um, uh, Brian Stevenson, I love this man, founder of EJI, he always says he, we have to get proximate to understand, to make true change, to, 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 to know each other. Um, and when we help each other, like this comment, we discover that we all have feeble needs. Um, we gain that greater light. Sure, Christ is you know, our main source, but I think the connections that we make with each other um, with, um, um, in all different aspects as we serve, as um, we receive um, service, um, as we receive help and give help, um, we are getting proximate. We are understanding each other. We are um, communing. Um, we are gaining greater light. Um, and I think that when we have that, when we have that light that not only comes from Christ, but from each other, um, that that's what helps us to, to, you know, keep that bright, keep that going because we, we, we are able then to understand each other, especially as, you know, our world gets more and more global, you know, our, our tiny communities are, are global. And so um, as we understand that, understand each other, as we serve, receive service, we, we gain greater light. I love that. Thank you. I'd like to flip the word or pick out the word in section 83, talking about the women and the children. Um, there's a word claim there. Um, and it's, I think, a response to the feeling we sometimes have that we if we're doing good for people, if we're doing charitable acts, if we're, if we're giving, if we're, if we're trying to do the things, the Good Samaritan thing, the things that the previous couple of sections have been telling us, that that's on us. I mean, we're making the decision, we're choosing, we're, we're being good people. Um, and section 83 turns that into a claim. Those people in need have a claim on us. That's something more than 
um, when I'm inclined, when I like it, when I'm in a good mood. Uh, they have a claim on us and um, it makes me a little tense up, which is probably the right way to read it. It seems to me if that bothers me a little bit that they have a claim on me, um, I, I want to think about that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a, it's a great point. And, you know, and it mentions, you know, the, uh, the claim on the church and, you know, we have these storehouses, we have uh, programs to help people. Uh, I think we're, you know, we're, we're doing good things um, as a church and as a people. I think we can do a lot more. I think we're, we're just barely scratching the surface. Um, you know, the church is, is a very wealthy church. You know, their members are, 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 you know, very well blessed. We can do a lot more. Uh, and I think that's what the Lord is saying. And I think that's what he's saying in section 82 as well. I think that we, um, uh, he's asking us to, to um, give more to, uh, you know, we've been given much, let's give more. And he's asking us to repent. You know, I, I, that's, that's the biggest uh, takeaway I take from, from this whole lesson is, you know, just uh, self-reflection. What more can I do? Um, you know, again, uh, going back to that, that uh, Princeton study, I'm, I'm just a busy person. I, you know, I'm doing a lot. I have three kids. I have, you know, businesses and all, you know, all this thing. You know, sometimes I just don't find the time. There's so much more I want to do. But um, the Lord is saying, do it. You, you've been given the light. Do it. You know, um, uh, the other uh, part of this, like we talked about before, is, is, is having those responsibilities within the church and making those decisions. You know, I, uh, uh, some, sometimes, you know, I, I see some of my uh, friends, some of the people I grew up with in the church, leave the church. And, you know, I completely uh, understand their decisions and, I, you know, I support them and everything. And, you know, for me, the, the important thing, I, you know, I do see things that we need to improve. For me, the important thing is to be in that room, you know, to be in the room where it happens to, to make those, to help make those decisions to be the voice. So many times I've been the only brown face in, in a lot of these councils. You know, I, 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 I plan to continue to do that, to continue to speak up, to continue to, to provide that, that diversity for, uh, for the other members of the church that don't have sometimes that voice. So, you know, much is given, much is required. Uh, let's continue to speak up. Let's continue to, uh, to serve. Let's continue to look out for those people that are uh, in most need. Um, I appreciate this opportunity uh, to speak to you guys. It's so nice to be able to have like-minded people. Um, it strengthens my testimony that, you know, that, that you know, I'm, I'm, uh, the gospel is a gospel of, of love. The gospel is, uh, it, the pure religion is doing these things, helping those people that need us the most. Um, and, uh, as we do that, I really feel the Lord will forgive us our sins and, um, you know, will, will give us the opportunity to, uh, to be even further enlightened. So, um, I, again, I, uh, thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, the Lord lives, this is, um, his work and, and I appreciate, uh, appreciate everybody on this call and I say it's the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Josh. Thank you for the um, the beautiful uh, and, and timely 
timely message and for for the call for everyone to to just to be better really um to be better as an organization and as people hopefully um to close we will uh we'll listen to an acoustic version of um because i've been given much by ben howington and then our closing prayer uh, excuse me prayer will be given by bryant jensen uh, Bryant is an associate professor of teacher education at BY, uh, Brigham Young University. He teaches courses in learning theory, multicultural education, and educational research. His research centers on teacher learning to teach students from minoritized communities equitably. His recent book published by Sunny Press is titled The Students We Share, Preparing Mexican and U.S. Teachers for a Transnational Future. Uh, currently, Bryant is a visiting scholar at the University of Hawaii. Uh, I hope I'm saying this right. Ma Ma'anoa. Uh, he and his superhuman spouse, Taryn, are the parents of five spirited children, ages two to 11. He was recently released as Bishop in Provo. Um, thank you everyone again for joining us today. Um, as a reminder, our dialogue firesides will be back in September. In the meantime, please uh, tune in to our upcoming gospel study on August 8th at six um, Mountain, Mountain Standard Time uh, with George Handley, a professor of inner Interdisciplinary Humanities at Brigham Young University. Our dear Father in heaven, we're grateful for the spirit we felt during this um, interaction. We're grateful for the technology that allows us to connect as fellow disciples and as uh, sisters and brothers in the body of Christ. We're grateful for the message that was communicated today. Help us to um, find ways to <clears throat> acknowledge our blessings by going out of our way to bless others. We are grateful for our Savior's um, teachings and perfect example in this regard. Help us to know how to speak up for the underserved, for the marginalized, for the forgotten, for the downtrodden. Help us to know how to speak up for truth and justice, love, equity, and truth without speaking down. Help us to live meekly and with love. Help us to know how to um, be kind in um, encouraging and correcting um, our fellow sisters and brothers in the body of Christ. We're grateful for um, our testimonies. We're grateful for the opportunity we have to be careful investigators of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to um, ask questions relentlessly and through faith in Christ. We're grateful for uh, the community we feel in, in, in these experiences, uh, these virtual opportunities. And we ask thee to help us to find ways to continue to be creative, to expand this community and others, that we can be part of the ongoing restoration of Christ's perfect gospel. We're grateful for a living prophet, help us to find ways to sustain him in, in our daily interactions. We love thee, Father, and, and pray for thy grace and forgiveness for our shortcomings and 
and trust thee to help us be better as we've been taught today. And we say all of this in the name of thy son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Dialogue Gospel Sunday Study. Find more of our podcasts at dialoguejournal.com slash podcasts. 